tail end of another, the beginning of another show. <laughs> it's now Sharita Starr here with you live. Good morning, Brookshires and beyond, listening on the World Wide Web. Welcome to another edition of What's Your Sign? I Have Your Number. I'm your host, Sharita Starr, here for the next hour on WBCRLP 97.7 FM, Great Barrington, and www.brookshireradio.org. Today's show focuses upon how those mighty planets above are most certainly in play upon the center stage of your life. The genuine gifts of astrologer Lawrence Hillman, our honored guest today, will be joining us for a truly enlightening discussion that is about to tell you, listeners, all about how to forget about predictions and take control of the free will in all the roles that you are here to play. Lost in the beauty of the sky, breathing the Colors of a rainbow shed too soon. Firefly flicker smile shine like the sun. If life's about the journey, the miles be back Berkshires and the World Wide Web to another edition of What's Your Sign? I Have Your Number. And again, I'm your host, Sharita Starr, here to tell you all about the planetary goodness in our zodiac skies today, Tuesday, the 7th of December, 2010. We have just a couple more days left before we enter another universal request to engage in such activities as review, redo, relax, reroute, and rejuvenate when our last Mercury retrograde of 2010 begins upon Friday, the 10th of December. Our planet of communication, thinking, mentality, and movement of all kinds asks us once more that we focus upon reversals and revisiting within our lives, especially within our... Uh, 5 degree Capricorn to 19 degree Sagittarian piece of the Zodiac Pi throughout the 30th of December. Undoubtedly, you've noticed the approach to this passage already, which began upon the 22nd of November. Mars has equally been setting off some fireworks in the Sagittarius area of the life as of late as well, giving us kind of a preview of those changes that we can all anticipate to resurface. Again, it will be best under Mercury retrograde to remain in those RE's, meaning particularly any word that begins with these two letters of R and E are excellent places to ponder under this transit. Remember, it is wise not to start new projects under the messenger's backwards phase, especially when it comes to the signing of legal documents and the like, if you really prefer long-term success with them. All that transpires under this time of switching 
switching up our routines and rerouting our game, we'll find its ultimate forward motion once more under the shadow period, which, after going direct upon the 30th of December, concludes upon 17th of January, 2011. As Mercury returns to the same 0-5, the 5-degree spot in Capricorn that it began, it will begin its period of retrograde under. Today we find our sun is at 15 degrees Sagittarius, as our season of autumn is just about to finish, stirring up all of the changes that are now entering us into winter in only two more weeks' time. Although if you do live in the local Berkshire area, you believe it is winter right now because it is snowing. <laughs> it is uh, kind of already here. Thanks to the Chinese New Year of the Tiger. It's the Chinese Year of the Tiger, you know, the weather is... It is what it is, but um, different patterns than normal. But this is typical for us this time of year. Snow is here. Our sun enters the serious and toiling energies of the goat upon the 21st of December, taking our focus from the enthusiastic and expansive energies of the archer to bring things back down to earth, where the integrity and duty of Capricorn lives to create structure within your zodiac pie. Our sun, as our sun passes through any of the 12 zodiac signs, this is where you will always feel the vibrant energy of the sun beaming its light to where its current transit is within your natal chart. We optimally feel warmth, feel the warmth and the confidence and confidence within this area of the life as the sun is passing through it. Today's energies of the sun at the 15th degree of Sagittarius means this Venus-guided degree, 1 plus 5 reduces to 6, asks that we adhere to the ability to bring balance and beauty to our lives through the eloquence of our speech so that a bit of magic can ideally unfold. This 15 tells us on a collective level that we should remember that honoring charisma is a gateway to watch splendor and magnetism unravel, ultimately wishing to grant us harmony. Today is a marvelous energy to take Time to look at both sides of any issue that may be in need of examination, for when you weigh the pros and cons accordingly, you'll easily be able to arrive at the proper conclusion to resolve it. As we look to today's 7th of December calendar date, we see that Neptune guides this spiritually aligned and mysterious number. Today we are in the pure energy of the seven, wherein Neptune urges time spent in solitude to arrive at the answers you may be seeking. This seven energy requires being silent to have a really good listen to our inner voice, so work on the self and that understanding of sharpening our own sword can be implemented. Adhering to sensitivity and a spiritual pursuit is highly recommended, so one can engage the intuition necessary to be in tune to the subconscious realms, who, mysteriously enough, will be ready to speak to you. Our current moon has been in the sign of Capricorn since 6.16 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday the 6th of December. Excuse me. The collective's feelings and emotions are engaged in the energy of the goat. Even though reliable, steadfast, and ambition ambitious emotions are easily aroused, be aware of gloomy, brooding, and suspicious feelings. While a Capricorn moon can engage a sluggish instinct, the capacity for diligent application and serious soul-searching can occur. The door to greater self-awareness is wide open as the goat prefers a self-demanding toil up the mountain of emotion. However, just make sure you are not so cautious and exacting that you'll repress or restrict your true feelings here. We are currently in a waxing phase of the moon as we gather in the light from our new moon in Sagittarius, which occurred upon Sunday, the 4th of December, the very last of 2010. 
As always, this is the time of the month that we are best to put forth those initiations and beginnings we wish to see long-term success with until the next full moon upon the 21st of December. We'll also be having a lunar eclipse upon this day. We'll be talking more about that upon the next show on this very date in the next in uh, two more weeks. Keep in mind, even though we are within this current waxing phase of the moon, uh, the upcoming Mercury offering for reflection and redo asked that um, we may want to watch the things that we're trying to initiate and put out there into the world. And I highly recommend that you do stay tuned, for you're about to hear some really satisfying ways that you can take a different look at allowing this passage to engage your free will, not to get all caught up in the, oh no, it's not another Mercury retrograde period again. So many people get afraid and wonder what in the world will happen to them this time under this transit. My very special guest says, my very special guest today says, within his book, Planets in Play, quote, Remember that planets do not cause anything. If instead we go back to the idea of, as above, so below, and think once more of a stage on which the planets are moving, then the times that Mercury, the master communicator and trickster, walks backwards are simply extra tricky times. After all, the image of the jester walking backwards is suspicious, to say the least. What is he up to now? What is he backing away from? The already slippery nature of Mercury is even trickier to pin down during his retrograde days. During such days, he demands that we pay extra special attention to mercurial things. We can ignore this and be tricked and bamboozled. Mercury takes great pleasure in the fact that either way, we are dealing with Mercury, voluntarily or involuntarily." Unquote. Planets in Play author and astrologer Lawrence Hillman, born and raised in Zurich, Switzerland, began to study astrology at the age of 16, and this has remained his passion for over 30 years. He is a full-time professional astrologer and specializes in helping his clients understand their deeper purpose and their life's calling, especially in these challenging times. A force in the ongoing movement to merge astrology with depth psychology, his approach is practical and full of metaphor and Jungian insight. He has lectured internationally and conducted workshops at London's Globe Theatre, where he blended Shakespeare and astrology. At Cycles and Symbols Conference in California, he lectured on Venus in America, co-presented with his father, James Hillman. He also taught at Gene Houston's Mystery School at Pacifica Graduate Institute in Finhorn and has been a repeated guest lecturer at Washington University in St. Louis. He has taught small study groups and private students across the United States. Lawrence holds a BA in architecture and master's degree in both engineering management and business administration. He has traveled extensively in more than 40 countries and is fluent in five languages. You can learn more about Lawrence and his work at on the web, www.lhillman.com. It is my ultimate honor and distinct pleasure to introduce to you, live today, via the phone lines from St. Louis, Missouri, astrologer Lawrence Hillman to the show. A playful good morning to you, Lawrence. Welcome. Well, hello, Sharita. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it is a pleasure. So, um... I love what you say about the Mercury retrograde, because I always say that to people. It's like, um... If you're, I guess we'll start off talking about how Mercury plays, being that we have this transit coming up, um, that we're affected by it whether we know it or not. <laughs> yes, I'm having a bit of a hard time hearing you. You're, you're over, you're coming, I'm going to turn down my volume just a little bit. Okay. 
because uh, I couldn't hear that last piece. Please repeat that. I couldn't hear that. Um, that um, see, he's starting already, Mercury. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> um, I said that um, I loved what you said about how you know to handle Mercury because whether we're voluntarily understanding it or involuntarily, he's 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 having fun with us either way with his tricks. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I think Mercury is, you know, the part of us that is about communication and talking and conversing and so forth. And when we, when he goes backwards, we have an opportunity to go backwards ourselves. In other words, to <coughs> rethink, reflect, redo, these kind of things. Mm -hmm. And of course, we also want to remember that not just Mercury, but all the planets go backwards. And so exactly. It's not an exclusive thing to Mercury, except we talk about Mercury most because it's maybe the most obvious. But when other planets go backwards, it's also important to recognize what we can rethink or redo in that area of our lives. Absolutely. Love or anger or whatever else it is we want to rethink. Mm -hmm. Yes, we just had our, our Venus retrograde, actually. Um, I think this is, uh, I, I don't know about you and, and how people have been uh, coming to you with questions and things, but um, I, I've had people just come, they, they want to know what's going on right now. <laughs> and it's not the Mercury, like, even happening yet. <laughs> but... Yeah, I've, I've, I've been getting that for the last couple of years. <laughs> well, that's true, since, too. <laughs> especially since 08. Um, I've been hearing a lot of what, what's going on in the world, and can you explain it to me, because my life's falling apart, and, and my pocketbook isn't what it used to be, and I'm losing my job, and my loved ones are walking away, and these kind of things. I'm hearing a lot of that. Yeah. The world is just changing, and we need to um, understand the changes naturally they're always occurring and things are always dying and rebirthing just like in nature you know it absolutely is. Time and the leaves are gone and next spring it'll all come back so that's just the cyclical nature of nature itself mm-hmm absolutely so explain to us a little bit I don't know if you want how you would like to to start should we just start at the center and start talking about all the planets and and how you have this fantastic fabulous view of um, you know how to uh, what, what I really enjoyed about your book is that it it takes so much of the language and the jargon out of of astrology that uh, you know most of the time seems to complicate the issue for most people um, when they're just trying to get a grasp on what it's you know how valuable of a tool it is um, so I thought we could take a little planetary journey <laughs> absolutely well let's start by imagining that um, we all have a stage inside of us an inner stage of, of, of inner characters, this idea that we are peopled inside, of course, is an old one. We say things like, a part of me wants to do this, or another part of me wants to do, to do that. Mm -hmm. We have inner dialogue, inner conversations. Sometimes we feel pulled apart and these kind of things. I'm just literalizing that, and I'm saying that the planets represent these inner parts, these inner characters having these conversations. And if we <clears throat> stop the perpetual movement of the planets at the moment of your birth over the place where you were born, just for a second, of course, they're always moving, but if we just stop them for a second and drop them in onto this inner stage, then we actually get a picture of this inner play and who's saying what to whom and who's fighting with whom, who's kissing whom, who's slapping whom. What's that story? And that's how I read a chart, as a story with subplots and main activities and lead actors and that kind of a thing, and it gets very exciting. And, um, and it, it's, a, it's a way to access something that's quite complicated in a way that is quite understandable to most people since we all pretty much get theater. 
Yes, so we do. That's the approach, and then the signs become the clothes that the actors are wearing, and the houses become the places where they're acting out, you know, be that work or love or money or those kind of things. Right. And the, um, the aspects, the relationships between them are basically telling us the things I just mentioned, you know, who's getting along with whom and who's not. Yeah. Yes, and that, that goes on quite a bit in our world, whether it's our inner world or our outer world. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so let's begin with the sun. Um, might as well start at the center, and we'll, we'll move out. <laughs> well, the sun is the, is the king on the stage. That's the part of you that says, you know, I am, I want, um, I'm the boss, I'm the hero, and so forth. And if that king is somewhere where he's not really interested in being a king, for instance, in the 12th house or in Pisces, you know, or aspected by Neptune or something like that, lots of options how that can happen. Mm -hmm. If a sun, which is a king, imagine a story where the king doesn't want to be king. Well, as we all know, when the... When the cat is away, the mice will play. So then all the other characters say, well, fine, nobody's in charge here. We're going to do whatever we want. And then there's sort of a lack of center, a lack of, of, of literally, of rulership within that chart. And, and it's much harder to focus or to say what one wants or to speak up for oneself and so on, because that king is, is sort of, you know, off somewhere in the basement in his wine cellar enjoying a nice glass of wine and not doing his job of running the castle. Well, especially or if he's a Pisces. to be in touch with both our feminine and masculine side, no matter exactly. what sex we are. Yeah. Exactly, which is hugely important. And then um, you have, you know, if you want to go down the line, the next one will be Mercury, and that's, as you, we just mentioned, that's the, the mind, the thinker, the, the, you know, the messenger god, that kind of a thing. He's giving messages, talking how you, how you text, how you email, how you communicate, how you write, all those things. Your mind, basically, if you have a left brain or right brain, that kind of thing is what you can see by understanding this actor. And then the next one after that is Venus, you know, love, beauty, sex, passion, chocolate, seduction, also the arts, um, harmony, also backstabbing, intrigues, gossip, and jealousy. Mm. It's very important to understand there are no good and no bad planets. Exactly. Both planets both sides. It's our choices and what, we, what, we, what that free will chooses to do with it. Exactly. <laughs> but we can only make those choices if we know what we're dealing with. Themselves. Exactly. Yeah. I, I like, um, if I may interrupt you for a moment, I, I liked how you had the comparison, you know, when, uh, women in, in the world and how women are viewed. You know, you have that moon understanding of the nurturer, the carer, the mother figure, and then Venus is like the single women out there kind of being, or not that if you're single, that's what happens, but Venus is more like, you know, the, not the seductress, but, you know, she's the... Women can be pretty, and, and, and women, women can be sexual, and they can be passionate and beautiful and all of those things, but 
the moon doesn't really tie into that as much as what the Venus will pull from that understanding of well, women. A simple way to say it in common language would be to say that, you know, Venus represents Mr. Right now, and the moon represents Mr. Right. You know, the uh -huh. for the long term, right. the safe one, and the emotions, mm -hmm. and the hearth, and the house, and the home, and the mortgage, and the kids, and all of that. And Venus is sort of love and passion. Well, I don't believe they have to be separate, even though the culture separates them all the time. All yeah. you have to do is walk down your local uh, grocery store aisle and look at the magazines, and on one side of the aisle, literally, sometimes you find, you know, all the Venus and sex and passion and, and gossip and fashion <laughs> and, sure. and all of that, and, you know, who's doing what with whom and Cosmo and all of that. And on the other side, you'll find better homes and garden and parenting and, yes, and cooking. Yes, that's and all interesting, the lunar, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Those are all the moon magazines, and so <laughs> they don't have to be separate. You know, they really, it's, the question is what happens to Venus when we're in a, in a committed long-term relationship, when we start sort of nesting with somebody, um, what happens to Venus then? Does she automatically go out the door? Only if we believe that. But it takes an effort to keep Venus interested. She doesn't automatically follow the idea that love has anything to do with marriage. It's a very new idea that mm. wasn't really existing 100 years ago. That wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. And so we need to really understand that Venus needs to be um, invited into uh, a long-term relationship or she'll simply leave. And then you have all the jokes about, you know, um, affairs and marriage being you know, boring and no sex and all those things. Well, that's, that's because Venus has left the building. <laughs> yes, she has. <laughs> and so she needs to be invited. You know, couples stop dating when the kids come along and these kind of things. Well, that's not going to work in the long No. Time. No, I agree. I think to keep any you know, committed relationship and once children are involved, you, both partners need to, it, it, it takes just as much work as anything else in your life. You can't like say, oh, it's just going to magically work out by, all by itself. Every, both partners have to pay attention to that and, you know, feed that energy of, let's go out on a date, you know, let's hire a babysitter and go out on a date. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So that's, a, that's an ongoing process. You know, the planets will appear in your life um, <clears throat> sort of invited or not. And so if you say, well, you know, Venus is now going out the window because I'm married, then um, she'll appear in other ways. It'll be jealousy or affairs or money problems. Mm -hmm. That means Venus is also money. And so it's those things that we typically love. Yeah. And so that'll, that'll, uh, it'll get transferred into something else. And that's, that's uh, I think, sad. I, I agree with you 100%. We should hold on and share as to what we actually value, because that's another thing that I, you know, Venus does represent how we will view that in our life as well, uh, aside of, you know, how, how we will ultimately be happy to love somebody else. <laughs> exactly. And then the other, the next planet on the list then would be Mars, which is the warrior, you know, your drive, your passion, your ability to cut things in half and move forward or cut things off mm -hmm. your need. It's your thrust, also your sexuality, sort of your raw sexuality. It's your passion for something, your fiery inner drive, and also your anger and your fierceness, how feisty you are, is shown by Mars, those kind of things. So, and by the way, I do have on my website, I don't know if you saw these, but I have made a slideshow for each one of these ten planets with sound that, that are quite powerful to get a sense of what these what they represent, just what we're doing now, but in visuals with sound. Sure. So, so that's another way to see them. But anyway, Mars is that drive in us, you know, mm -hmm. that passion, that desire to go out and conquer something. Yeah, your motivation, what, what gets you up out of bed every morning. Right. <laughs> and so some, you know, the Mars is, again, very different depending on what kind of a Mars we have. If one, some, one Mars is competitive, wants to go out there and fight, another Mars is very private and 
never wants to fight and turns away from a fight and and you know or some Marses are more spiritual fighters some Marses are you know are dressed to kill you know that's another Mars there's different ways to do Mars mm-hmm. just like there is with every planet but that's what you get from a reading is you get to understand what kind of actors you have I'm just giving you the overall idea of who the actors are but then right and then well well right. we've got a whole hour here so we'll we'll get into all these fun other fun areas <laughs> so that's Mars and then after Mars we have um, Jupiter and Jupiter is <clears throat> sort of the idea of, of expansion and adventure and learning and higher education and beliefs and philosophy and just traveling you know traveling mm-hmm. with the mind I call him Lord of Expansion it's how you yeah. grow your mind to wider things yeah. which can be again learning or traveling or doing all those things what I learned from traveling is that there's so much to learn it's a learning experience more than sure so, so that's the how I see Jupiter, sort of Indiana Jones in you, you know, or yes. for that matter. <laughs> well, and, and, and I'll tell you, Indiana Jones is definitely a risk taker, and that's Jupiter, too. He likes a gamble. <laughs> to go out, and go out and go forward and try new things and that kind of thing. And, and, um, and the flip side, of course, of, of that, again, there are no good or bad planets. The flip side of Jupiter is that it's also, you know, growth is not always a good thing, even though we're to- told that it is. It definitely isn't. If it's cancer, you don't want it. If it's urban sprawl, you don't want it. If yes, it's your waistline, good, you don't want it. Good point there. <laughs> we don't want a bigger waistline, but we want, you know, a bigger pocketbook. So those <laughs> are the things we have to be conscious that every planet can go, um, you know, in either direction. It's Abs- a matter yeah. of balance of how we use them or how we live them. Yeah, yeah. And Jupiter, you know, is, uh, <laughs> you take that mutable fire energy and <laughs> that, that can be something when that's out of control <laughs> yeah. for sure it's pretty wild, right? yeah it can be very it's like I always say that that um, people with an excess of Jupiter and 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 even when you know when uh, you're looking at this numerically um, you know your numbers tell us the same things it's the same planets these same actors that you're referring to are in our numerical birth charts as well you know and how all of that ties in um, so anybody with you know excess of Jupiter uh, it's like a forest fire out of control. <laughs> mm-hmm. They don't know what to do with themselves. They have nothing to rein them in, really. Right, but then the job for the person doing the reading is to to say, okay, here's what what all that Jupiter is really, really good for. Like, you know, mm. become a firefighter or something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or do something. You know, because you're totally fearless. <laughs> right. I mean, there's there's no such thing. To me, there's no such thing as good or bad when I read a chart. I've said that yeah. many many times. It's yeah. all about okay. Here's what you got. What are you going to do with it? So right. even the term excess to me is just like, look, you've got a lot of this. What are you going to do with all this? Mm-hmm. As opposed to you've got too much, which is, you know, maybe implied there that, that, you know, well, no, there's not too much. This is what the person chose to come in with, and I want to know what they're going to do with it. So it's a, yeah. it's a sort of a, it's a solution-based approach. Okay, we've got this. Now what are we going to do with it? Right. As opposed to trying to stir up all the garbage that it's caused in the past, what do we care? Let's talk about... You know, that's, that's water under the bridge now. Let's talk about it. I'm not interested in the past or in the blame psychology at all. I'm really interested in what people are going to do right now with what they have this day, this minute. This that's hour. true. That's all we can do. That's exactly. That's where you have choice. And we've what all been placed here to do our own unique individual thing. I mean, exactly. not, we, I don't think you've never read a chart that was like anybody else's, right? Exactly. You can wallow <laughs> in the past. You can... You can uh, you know, um, you can be worried about the future, but they're both, uh, it's, it's a waste of energy. To it me. sure you is. You have no control over either, but you do have control of what you're going to do right now. You got it. You got that exactly right. <laughs> so after Mars, I guess we get to, I mean, after Jupiter, we get to Saturn. Yes, we do. Who's about structure and, 
you know, formations and organizations and discipline and mastery and those kind of things. And when it gets too structured, too organized, too sort of focused, it can also be depressive and mm-hmm. dark and, and dank and sort of, you know, fearful. Um, it's the same energy. It's just a matter of how much. Yeah. But, you know... Restrictive. Saturn, yeah, exactly. Saturn is a very misunderstood planet because, of course, without Saturn, there is nothing ever gets done. And it's <laughs> just a bunch of great That's ideas the truth. No discipline <laughs> to ever finish anything. It's structures. It's your skeletal system and your skin that holds everything together and the skeleton holds everything up. That's Saturn. You know, without any either of those, you're just a pile of flesh on the ground, and there is no structure. So it's a very important planet. Yeah. Oh, it is. And and Saturn gets, I think, oh God, of all the planets, he really gets the worst rap. I mean, and maybe from aside from the Mercury retrograde, which really just causes minor dilemmas if um, we can just go with the flow of changes that occur. But Saturn is always like the doom and gloom. Oh God! It's Saturn. It's my Saturn return, or it's it's Saturn's in my sun sign, and and he's just asking you to just be responsible. And there's really nothing wrong with being responsible. All what, what responsibility really means is an ability to respond. You're right. So, Response. And so um, if you if you choose not to have that ability, then you're simply giving up your own power, which is exactly. Yep when Saturn becomes a burden, and so... And he'll throw really lessons at you constantly to make you get it. <laughs> exactly. So, so these are just reminders to take responsibility for your own, for your own life and to really make um, choices and not blame other people for things that aren't working the way you want That's them. right. Yes, the blame game is... is um, it's a waste of energy. It's a waste of complete energy because we are only responsible for ourselves. I mean, I think, I think the, the one thing you have ultimate control over is you. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> is also um, very disrespectful to the life that you have because mm-hmm. um, you're wasting it. Um, and you're attracting more disrespect to you by placing the blame out there in the first place. Exactly. Then there's other people who are responsible <coughs> for your well-being, which is um, extremely disrespectful to your own powers. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that's completely suppressing uh, the soul in, in um, many, many ways. Well, Lawrence, guess what time it is? Well, I don't know. Is it noontime? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yes, it's noontime here at uh, WBCRLP, 97.7 FM, Great Barrington. And we're going to be right back with you, Lawrence, because we have a few um, local p- uh, PSA announcements to make for our local listeners. So we'll bring you right on. We'll be right back with Lawrence Hillman. Okay. So what's happening here in the Berkshire area? We have all these goodies we have lots of goody goody things to tell you about what's cooking for and if you're you know listening from our New York City area um, if you're coming up on the weekend or doing something fun like that there's always fun things to do here in the Berkshires so what do we have what do we have let's see um, oh here's something fun psychic medium Bill Phillips gives gallery readings expect the unexpected hmm Join renowned psychic medium Bill Phillips as he takes you on a journey beyond the psychic realm, physical, excuse me, physical realm. That would be into the psychic realm. (laughs) Bill's amazing gift of communicating with the deceased is unparalleled as he brings through messages, validations, and specific details from spirits 
of those who have crossed over, proving that the soul lives on after death. You will not want to miss this wonderful opportunity to see Bill in action. His gentle and direct delivery of messages from crossed over loved ones has given him great recognition from a clientele that spans the globe. He is known for being one of the world's youngest psychic mediums. Um, and to find out more information about this, I believe this is happening on the 10th of December. Um, let me just see the more info thing here. Do, 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 do. Yes, it's Friday, December 10th at um, the Crystal Wellness Center, 39 Railroad Street, Great Barrington, Massachusetts, um, which is, you know, right around the corner from our station. It's from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. And um, for more information, uh, just contact um, info at BillPhillips.com. And that's Phillips, P-H-I-L-I-P-P. S.com. Um, and he's BillPhillips.com on the web, too. You can check that out, and that will be under events. Um, that's Bill Phillips coming to the area. I think he's coming in from California, as a matter of fact. He is, um, he is very lovely and good at what he does. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? What else is happening? What else can you go do? Uh, oh, and then on Sunday, the 12th of December, you can, uh, over at Club Helsinki, there's minivans, chops, sauerkraut, and J.P. Harris and the Tough Choices. Uh, this is over at Club Helsinki. This is a triple bill coming up this Sunday, uh, December 12th at 8 p.m. And what else do we have? Need some more information on that, too. Uh, J.P. Harris and the Tough Choices play country Country goddamn music, period. <laughs> Sick and tired of the modern pop filth broadcast shamelessly and persistently across our beautiful countrysides. The tough choices set out to right the wrongs due to a music so classically and quintessently American. As we speak, Hank Williams, Buck Owens, Carl Smith, and countless other champions of honky-tonk are rolling over in their graves, groaning with disgust over the watered-down contemporary excuse that Nashville presents us for country music. Save a few Randy Travis gems and Alan Jackson hits. This flim-flam is, a pathet is pathetic at best. And this is uh, the... Club Helsinki's at 405 uh, Columbia Street, Hudson, New York. For tickets, give them a call, 518-828-4800. And you can also email them at info at HelsinkiHudson.com. Again, that's minivans, chop, sauerkraut, J.P. Harris, and the Tough Choices at Club Helsinki this upcoming Sunday, the 12th of December at 8 p.m. And that is what's going on in your local community here in the Berkshires. Yay. Fun stuff. Good things happening. Good things happening. Okay. So you are listening to Sharita Star, and I welcome you back to the second half of What's Your Sign? I Have Your Number. My honored guest today is Planets in Play author and astrologer Lawrence Hillman. We have been having a fabulous time discussing how our mighty planets above are a marvelous tool to enable us to properly direct our free will as we interact upon the stage of our lives. You can find Lawrence on the web at uh, www.lhillman.com. That's Hillman with two L's, by the way. And welcome back to the show, Lawrence. Ah, so, we were, uh, what did we talk about? Where were we left off at? Uh, we were with Saturn. Our lovely Saturn. So we would 
now go to the trans-Saturnian or the past Saturn planets. We start with Uranus. And Uranus is really <clears throat> sort of the maverick or the part of you that, that breaks free, that is independent, that doesn't follow the rules, that is the, the you know, the, the unpredictable part, the part that, you know, um, walks around uh, with your hair all, you know, <laughs> that's Uranus. Likes to do it its own individual exactly. way. That dances to the beat of its own drummer and sometimes even has doesn't even have a drummer. That <laughs> that's right. So that's Uranus, and Uranus is 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 um, you know an important actor at this time because of the end because there's this idea in astrology of rulership where certain planets <coughs> have um, a direct correlation or an affinity, if you want, with the different signs and with different houses and with the signs. That means that that you were talking before about Sagittarius as an idea, and that's ruled by Jupiter. When we talk Jupiter, we're also talking about Sagittarius. And with, the, with Uranus, we're also talking about Aquarius. So when we say Uranus, mm -hmm. we're also saying Aquarius. It's the same thing, yeah. different levels of looking at it. And so the reason that Uranus is so important these days is because we're all entering the age of Aquarius. And so Uranus, that part of us, that rebellious, maverick, unpredictable part that just won't take it anymore, that part, or just doesn't want to play with along the rules, is becoming increasingly important in the world. Mm -hmm. so Uranus is that, um, you know, and, and on the flip side, again, there are no good or bad planets. Uranus can also be detached and aloof and sort of cold and cool and not very personal. Um, you know, again, all planets of both sides. I, and I liked, uh, it was interesting because I think you're one of the first people I've ever read that you, you have a thing about with, us, with Uranus. Instead of connecting the intuition to Neptune, that you say Uranus is how to trust your intuition. Yeah, I thought it was really, really an interesting thought in and of itself, because I've never really, even myself, thought of Uranus as the planet where, well, that's where I think about my, where I get my intuition from. Let me tell you how I see that, because there's a difference between intuition and inspiration. Mm. They both take us to the, if you want, they're, they're both things that come to us from other places, but you know, from the other world, wherever that is, the spiritual world, the divine God, whatever you want to call that, if it's from this other realm, the inner world, the collective unconscious, whatever terms you want to use, it's all the same notion that there's sort of a conscious world and there's this large, vast other sort of place, realm, if you want. So the difference between Uranus and, and, and Neptune are both conduits to go there, but the difference is speed of arrival. Uranus is instant. That's why I call it inst intuition. It's a flash. It's like a lightning bolt that hits you. Boom, you have an idea. Right. Whereas Neptune is inspiration, which arrives very slowly. It's like something emerging from the fog. First, mm. you see just a, mm -hmm. a, a sort of a foggy outline. Then you start recognizing a shape and a silhouette, then maybe even a face, and then even recognizing the face. It's a slow thing that comes over a much longer period of time, like a dream, awakening from a dream, yeah. slowly catching that. Mm -hmm. Uranus is an instant hit. Yeah. You have a, a, a gut feeling about somebody. Boom, that's a Uranian hit. And, uh, you know, in, in numerology, too, when people, uh, they say about people born on uh, four vibrations, which is basically any date of the month, that would be the 4th, 13th, 22nd, 31st, and they very much connect um, that the Uranus is very, it has prophecy, that it totally understands, it sees what's going to happen long before it ever really shows up and they always seemingly sometimes have d ideas that are so beyond ahead there's too ahead of their time that when they present them to people people can't even grasp it because it's not something they can readily understand right away but you know give, give make more time go on and 
all of a sudden those ideas are actually right on the money. And what they saw as a prophecy is actually comes true. Um, so it's interesting. I, I, I see that from, I always see that from the numbers perspective, but, um, uh, and Aquariuses have that kind of ability too, that they can tap into that a little bit for the big humanitarian picture. You know, they always kind of see the trends and cycles and, you know, what's ahead. Right. I mean, the, a really Iranian um, symbol is the lightning bolt, you know, getting hit by lightning with an idea, this flash of ideas. Yeah. I sometimes think of Uranus as a higher octave of Mercury. You know, it's like Mercury. It's sure. Mercury. Yes. They create that same kind of, uh-oh, change. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then, but the inventive, you know, I mean, the, the very famous inventors and brilliant minds and like that very often have a Mercury-Uranus connection. Like, mm -hmm. like for instance, um, uh, you look at people like... Uh, Oh, um, well, Einstein was... Well, yeah, or Ben Franklin, for instance. Yeah. Franklin has a Uranus-Mercury opposition. It was one of the most brilliant inventors. Mm -hmm. He invented so many things, it's hard to even count them. Yeah, that's true. Kind of thing. It's that mind that sees beyond and has notions yeah. of, of what sort of picks up stuff from other places. That, that's what I think of Uranus. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's where our originality will be cast from, that's, that's for sure. So that takes us to Neptune, which I just said is inspiration and, and the more dreamy, it's, it's, it's your dream ability uh, in mm -hmm. different sense than, than the moon, which is also the night and dreaming and sleeping, which we talked about, we didn't really mention when we talked about the moon. But Neptune is more sort of the, the ability to fool yourself into dreaming, and it's uh, sort of what I would call daydreaming or imagining something is, you know, rose-colored glasses is a real Neptune thing. So when Neptune yeah. is involved with relationships, it's often that it's this, this sort of soap bubble that's flowing around, floating around in the air, and it looks absolutely delicious and beautiful and wonderful until it hits reality and it goes poof. That's mm -hmm. sort of the Neptune disillusionment thing. Illusions and disillusions, of course, are just flip sides of the same thing, and they're both from Neptune. And it's also the desire that we have as human beings, perhaps, to sort of lift the veil and see behind, um, you know, the harsh reality that we that we can touch and, and, and sort of kick and that's real and hard, you know, that. So Neptune is that part that wants to lift that and see behind what's there, that spiritual other world. So some people do that through meditation or prayer or something like that. Other people do that by getting drunk or, you know, or, 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 or getting stoned. They're, they're just, it's the same thing. Astrologically, there's no difference between it's serving the spirit somehow, right. some way. <laughs> right. There's a difference in consciousness, of course, with the person who's doing it. Exactly. But from an astrological, pers from an archetypal, archetypal perspective, mm -hmm. a core idea, there's no difference between those two. Yeah. Just different levels of awareness. Yeah. It, yeah. And and with interjecting the the drinking and 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 the, that aspect of it, it clouds all of the any ability that Neptune even has to exactly. you know function properly because exactly. it just though, it makes it right. drowned right but the in idea the sea is of that possibilities <laughs> right even though the idea is that by losing inhibitions and, and breaking down those those harsh realities that somehow it will not be that way even though you know um, most people would agree that it is that way on the other hand very many very famous writers have only been able to write and be very creative under the influence that other realm when they were completely drunk yeah and I mean, and it does open the gateway of, of something, but it's if it's out of control, then then the, yeah, <laughs> if well, there, you have it, there, yeah. <laughs> then Saturn will come along and teach you a lesson exactly. you need to know. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And so that leaves us then with Pluto, and Pluto, of course, is the Lord of the Underworld. This is the part that we are the least comfortable with. Yes, with that is very true. And sex on the deepest level and tantra and transformation and all the powers that we're always told are bad: darkness, mm -hmm. blackness, the night. And, of course, 
they are um, probably the most important because we, we avoid them the most. And as we know from psychology, what we avoid the most is what bites us the most in the rear end. So it is really very important for people to have a really good sense of their Plutos. And that's the, the, the planet that we can learn the most from, that is the most powerful. It's also healing, it's also resources, it's also all those things that, yeah. that we really um, need to be able to tap into to help ourselves. Um, you know, yeah, because if we don't, um, as humans, I, and I think, it, you know, it's interesting, like how you say that it's the, the planet that people are typically most afraid of, because people don't, people are not taught, we're, we're never taught, really, unless you get gifted enough to go to a nice, cool school when you're younger, um, that's not public, um, we're not taught to, to sharpen our swords to go through transformation or to even get this, that this is possible in our own human existence. Right, I'll give you a good example of that. For instance, <clears throat> there are endless, endless ways that we are taught from the minute we're born till the day we die how to hook up with someone else, what perfume to wear, what clothes to wear, what haircut to have, mm -hmm. to be thin, to be this, to be that. Fashions change, hems go up and down. It's all these things, you know, about what's, what's, um, you know, how to hook someone else in, how to get someone, how to, you know, find a, you know, the love of your life, these kind of things. Nowhere ever, ever are we taught how to break up. It's, and meanwhile, we all go through breakups. <laughs> Not true. You know, and meanwhile, all of us go through breakups or loss sure or deaths or, or just, or people walking out of our lives or someone breaking up with us, and we're never taught anywhere how to deal with that. Well, Pluto is the, the planet that, that helps us. The more we know about Pluto, the more we know about how to deal with these things. Yeah. It's really a gift to know about Pluto, even though it's very maligned in the culture. Yeah, definitely, definitely is. Um, and, and speaking of Pluto, um, and, and going back to what you were talking about, you know, uh, people who have been, uh, you know, saying things have been going a little haywire since 2008, give or take, or I, I think it sort of started happening a little before that, but um, I think some the real intensity started coming into play then. But um, but how you see just the collective stage of, of what's really happening and, and um, you know, what's going on right now with everything. Right. Well, the biggest, the biggest thing that's going on to me, you know, the most over, there are lots of little things that come and go and this year sure. and that year that and then the last year this and, you know, these kind of things. But the big picture, what's really changing all of our lives the most in a collective way, in a universal way, is really the age of Aquarius and the shifting. The way I like to teach that or explain that is that I talk about that there are some key words that we get from, from Uranus. Again, understanding Uranus and the part of you in your chart that is Uranus helps you understand how you fit or don't fit into this Aquarian age, why it may be very difficult for you to accept all the changes or why you may be embracing them and can't wait to get the next high-tech gadget. Right. Because that's such an Aquarian image. Yeah. So, so I, would, I would look at that if I was trying to understand myself in the collective at this time. So like shifts, <coughs> shifts are like, you know, for instance, I'll give you some key words and what I mean with that. For instance, co-creating is a very strong Aquarian word. Mm -hmm. Not individually, but co-creating. So, for instance, Wikipedia, which is a very interesting phenomenon in the fact that here you have the world basically writing an encyclopedia. Yes. My kids do homework. They go, you know, they go on the Internet to find answers. It, it, it is a little fabulous tool for research nowadays. Right. <laughs> and, you can, and then you can say, you know, and of course, if you're, if you're a publisher of the Encyclopedia Britannica, this is very scary, and they're out of business, basically. You know, yeah. or, I mean, maybe not literally, but sort of. Yeah. Because that model of top-down control of information is no longer just 
doesn't work anymore. So no. virtuality is another one. You know, I'm going to Amazon. You know, that's a real term. People actually think of that. You know, I'll, meet oh, you in, sure. I'll see you in Facebook. I mean, that's, yes. Yes. that's not a real place, <laughs> but we all know what it means. It's, it's, you know? it's, uh, it's there. Yeah. Then we have things like democratization of information. So you have... Um, you know, for instance, WikiLeaks is a good example in the news right now, where suddenly, you know, things that were kept secret and, you know, secrecy is power, and suddenly you have these things leaking out and information is available to anyone. Or there's an uprising in a totalitarian country like Bhutan, which happened, I think, last year or two years ago, and, you know, it's immediately quelched by the government, but before it's quelched and before the Internet is shut down, people are sending out videos from their cameras all over the world within split seconds of what's happening. Mm -hmm. So the control factor, this democratization that everyone has access to information that before was kept secret by a few is really different, which brings me to the whole idea of decentralization, you know, that, that things are no longer centralized, um, things are split up, things are all over the place, we have access from anywhere, you know, it's not, it's not like in one center, but things are split up in, 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 into little pieces of yeah. um, uh, You know, I was in an airplane yesterday and I sat next to a guy who works for a company where he basically sits in his house and he's an expert in one particular field that he knows there's only three guys in the country that can do what he can do. Hmm. And they call him and he gets on a plane and flies and services some equipment. And it's, that's a very non-centralized idea, you know. These other right. guys are probably in their homes, and the company's in a completely different city. They don't have to go to the office every day. They go to work from a decentralized idea. These sure. sort of things are emerging much, much more. Yes, I think, um, you know, with, um, and going back, with the Uranus, you know, uh, going into Aries, um, I mean, it's, it, it kind of gave us a little taste over the summertime, but now it's, it, it's still in Pisces. Um, but next year, it, it pops back into Aries for a whole number of years. And, uh, you know, they say the breakthroughs, you know, the things that will be happening, the changes in people feeling more independence and um, just doing things from the sense of where their originality is coming from uh, is, you know, increasing more and more because, well, most people are finding that their jobs are not as secure as they ever used to be right, anymore. I think, I, I think that we'll... Hope, what I'm hoping for with this transit is that there'll be much less sense of victimization, you know. Yes. Poor little me with Uranus and Pisces. Just take charge. Exactly, <laughs> just take charge. What are you going to do about it? You know? Okay, here's your new situation. What are you going to do about yeah, it? Yeah, here's your new situation. or other words, and, you know, connectivity, connectivity, everybody connecting with everybody, social networks, smartphones, you know, um, the, whole, the whole influx of extraterrestrial. If you told somebody you believed in aliens 20 years ago, you were looked as insane. Right. Today, it's on the History Channel, on the Discovery Channel. There are these, you know, shows after shows after shows. It's not at all that outside of the, of the box anymore to be interested in crop circles or aliens or visitations yeah. from other worlds and so forth. It's not considered completely crazy by a couple of fringe people. It is much, much more mainstream. It's not yeah. totally accepted, and it's still something that some people think is, is, is you know, a little crazy. But it, I'm just saying that these are key words that belong to Aquarius so, or to Uranus. So that's what I'm, I'm, I'm describing what I'm seeing as the shift, as you yeah. Now, when you're looking at uh, charts, just for people out there that happen to, if, if listeners know what their uh, placements are, when you were talking about the Uranus, uh, or you, you were referring to the, the Pluto and the Capricorn or the, the Uranus going into Aries and how their natal planets will kind of jive with that? Yeah, it's, this is not a simple thing. You know, like yeah. everything else, if you want a good answer, you need a good question, and the good question is complicated. It's not simple. If, you know, it's just like we're going way beyond sun sign astrology here. So I'm going to yeah. give you the 
There's the deep answer, the meaningful answer that's just a, not just a, a sort of a quickie thing. And the real answer is that if you understand how Aquarian you are, which is not something about just saying, well, how, much, how many planets do I have in Aquarius? That's part of it. How many planets do I have? You know, how, does, how is my Uranus situated with everyone else on the stage? How is my 11th house? It goes into a whole complicated thing, even yeah. to understand your Jupiter, who is sort of Aquarian in some way, too, because he also wants freedom and these kind of things. Mm-hmm. But to really understand on the deep psychological level how Aquarian am I, then you understand how comfortable you are with the Aquarian age, naturally, right. because then it's like, okay, I know this game, I'm comfortable in this new game, the rules have changed, but I'm much more comfortable now. People who felt very alien 20 or 30 years ago feel much more comfortable in this new time, yeah. uh, some people, and mm-hmm. so if they are like that. So that's the question that I ask with my clients, you know, how comfortable are you, or one of the questions I ask, how comfortable are you in this new age? It's very threatening and scary to you, and in, so, in, in that case, what could you do to become more comfortable and to basically develop your Aquarian sides, because as a collective, we are going there. And so the question is, do you want to, you know... You want to... So, yeah, so the whole, I always joke that, the, you know, the Left Behind series really misses the boat. It's not about being left behind to get to heaven. It's about being left behind into the age of Aquarius. And exactly. Not getting there. Yeah, and so, you know, are you, are you going to be left behind and feel like, the, you know, I don't touch a computer, I don't have a cell phone, I'm going to live my... I'm going to live my life uh, in the woods and bury myself, you know, uh, in, in my secure world that I know, that is, um, that is simply missing the Aquarian age. Sure, yes. And I, there, I do believe there's uh, many people out there who will, that they're going to miss it. <laughs> well, they're just going to become, you know, it's, it's, and it's, I'm not saying they're going to die or they're not Right, they're not it's relevant. not, ne- yeah, it's not that kind of thing, but... Right, they're just not part of what's... What's happening not, for right, the future, exactly. really, you know. And, and some people want to be that way and more power to them. They don't want to be part of yeah. the new world. But they also have to realize, I, I just want people to be aware of where they stand. I don't want anybody to be anything particular. I don't want somebody to be more Aquarian so that they are. But people come to me with questions. They say, why do I feel so out of place in this new world? Right. That's what I'm getting at. If somebody yeah. wants to stay disconnected from the world and from what's happening in the world, more power to them, absolutely. I never tell people what to do. I exactly. Why they may not feel, you know, that they want to be a certain way. It's 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 always interesting that you know I think again you you also mentioned you know how we are so directed in this life through you know what the stars are doing and and where what they're wearing and 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 all of these things and the commercials and and all of that. And when people come to even a, a person to get astrological advice or whatever it is, they still have that same mindset that they want you to give them the answer and the answer doesn't come from anywhere but within themselves right but you can help them understand. i mean you can help them and guide them but they like some people really want an answer like they want you to tell them exactly what they should do exactly or they want you to tell them what's going to happen on monday and that's and and you know and i really also enjoy your your take on prediction as well because i equally support that in that this isn't about telling you what's going to happen. It's about allowing you to make the, the, the best choices for you by knowing what energy and what's going on on your stage right. in your the life. Right, difference between forecasting and prediction, and that's important. Yeah. People don't, often don't understand that, so let me maybe explain that for a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, I can with pretty good accuracy tell you that in your life it's going to rain next April. Right. Okay. So now you can <laughs> say, well, I don't like the rain. That's really upsetting, and I'm going to stick my head under a blanket, <laughs> and I'm going to cry all of April and wait until the rain goes by. Or you're going to say, you're kidding. Rain, I love rain. I'm going to put on my Wellingtons and go out and jump around in the puddles and make <laughs> little boats and float them on the puddles. That's not, and so I can tell you about the rain, but I can't tell you how you're going to respond if I could. 
then I would take away your free will. Yes. That's, that's an important difference. So you so, have a choice to so respond, important. but the fact that it's going to rain, it's going to rain. So, mm-hmm. But what you do with it is up to you. Yeah. Uh, that, that is, um, I think that is so key for people who ever seek out someone um, to, for guidance in, in, in any of these forms, whether it's astrology, numerology, um, is that if we take away our free will, good Lord, what don't we have nothing at that exactly. point. And I have great respect for my clients, and I think it's disrespectful to Absol- tell people what to do. Like, yes. who am I to tell anybody what to I do? I totally but, agree with you there, too. And <laughs> I have enough respect to, to let my clients make their own decisions, but I will certainly help them to what energies are available to them to make these decisions or what decisions, what dis- areas of their life might they be making decisions. In other words, where is it going to rain or not, and these kind of things. Right, and, and how to handle that. So it's um, not that it's unspecific, it's just that the actual decisions have to be made by the client. It, yes, it, it totally does. Um, no matter, w- you know, and, and I mean, I there's interesting things that, you know, numbers teach us with the forecasting is, you know, we spit in time in these nine-year cycles. So there's always a number um, every year when we have our solar return, our birthday, um, that will guide us and show us what we can expect to show up, but ideally it's up to the person, what are you going to do with that, you know, exactly, you know. So um, that's it. these are all um, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful tools that we have. Yeah, one more thing I do want to bring up here, which is the idea that the most important thing when I do readings is, is the notion of helping people find their calling, which you mentioned in the intro. That's really important. And yes. How I do that, that's a whole complex mm-hmm. procedure, which is really what I've been specializing in for the last over 30 years now. And that's really giving people a sense of, here's what you're here to learn. And it's important to understand that your calling is not a job description. So I don't equate calling with what you do when you go to work. Right. <laughs> Sometimes that may be similar <laughs> or the same. Yeah. But it is really, your calling can be to learn how to partner with somebody else. That's a calling. Sure. Learn how to become an artist. And not all artists can make a living as artists, but they're still artists as a calling. Or and kind of thing. So those, that really, I think, is, a, is a, an incredibly powerful tool. I know of no other system that can actually answer the question of why am I here on the deepest soul level? What did my soul come here to learn? Not, not necessarily what is my, you know, if you want to know what to do, quote-unquote, job title thing. Right. Of course, astrologers can help as well, but mostly that's about you know, career counseling or something like that, what are your skills and so on. We can do that astrologically, mm-hmm. but that's not, I'm talking about something much, much deeper. Yes. I'm talking about soul fulfillment, mm-hmm. not about, um, quote-unquote, success in the world the way it's usually seen as the world. To me, success is when you're aligned with your calling. I and that's really that. what I specialize in, the whole notion of aligning yourself with your calling and not getting off track from that. That is beautifully stated. <laughs> beautifully stated. Um, well, it has been an incredible honor an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today, Lawrence. Well, thank you so much. It's been wonderful talking with you. And uh, I thank you for taking the time to to be on. And um, I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. I will, and the same to you and to your listeners. Okay. We will have you on again in the future. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Lawrence. Again, you can find Lawrence Hillman on the web at www lawrencehillman.com you've been listening to what's your sign i have your number with me sharita star be sure to check in on our blog where you can find all of the website information as well of today's guest lawrence hillman
Remember, if you've got a question, oh, and that's at um, shavitastarradio.blogspot.com. <laughs> Remember, if you've got a question or a comment, email me. Go right to our website at www.berkshireradio.org because we really do want to know what you think. Leave us a comment. We value your opinion, and your voice matters. So stay tuned. You're listening to WBCRLP 97.7 FM, Great Barrington. We'll see you next time for another edition of What's Your Sign? I Have Your Number on the 21st of December with special guest astrologer Jenny Lynch from Glamour Magazine. Jenny will be joining me for another Not to Miss Hour where she will be sharing her expertise on what all of the Zodiac can expect in 2011 and what our lunar eclipse upon that day will mean for you. We hope you're better from our hour together. Namaste and much love to you, dear stars. That I make you feel special Well I must admit It took me by surprise But it keeps Getting Better Better Every day Yes it keeps Getting Yeah.